Welcome to the Richard Roper Podcast. I'm Richard Roper. It's nice to talk to everybody. We're just a few days away from the 95th Annual Academy Awards. And we've had all the big build-up shows, the SAG Awards and the BAFTAs and the Golden Globes and the various uh, best of lists from critics around the country. We have our contenders. We have some possible upsets. So what we're going to do on the podcast today, guys, I'm going to go through all 23 categories. Wait, come back, come back, come back, come back. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the, I hate to say it, minor categories, but the less glamorous categories. But this is this is my annual attempt to help you win your Oscar pool or if you fill out an Oscar ballot, um, there's a contest where you can beat the critic, me. Uh, just go to the Chicago Sun-Times website or just Google Richard Roper, beat the critic. I've done it every year for, well, far too many years than I care to tell you guys about. And if you do have more correct guesses or predictions than me, there's a chance to win a prize. We're going to talk about all of that and much, much more. But first, here's your reminder. The Richard Roper Show is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. The digital landscape is changing rapidly. And to compete in today's online business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design, web development, e-commerce, mobile apps, and digital marketing to drive your overall business's success because they believe that today's online world is your online opportunity Thanks so much to everybody at AmericanEagle.com. All right, I'm going to get through the ballot here, guys. And by the way, I will tell you this. I've done really, really well some years. Uh, there used to be 24 categories. I think there was one year where I might have nailed all 24. They now have 23 categories. I'm also quite capable of underperforming and getting 15 or 16 right out of 23, especially when it comes to the technical categories, but sometimes even in the big categories. And I will just point out to you uh, that... Um, it's a prediction game. And just if you watch, uh, you know, Jim Cramer telling you what stocks to buy, or if you're watching um, the prognosticators telling you who's going to win the election, cough, cough. Uh, and certainly uh, I love to watch all the analysts, you know, especially on college game day on Saturday for college football, when they're all picking the winners. And then of course, for the NFL games, and you saw a lot of people saying Eagles, 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 and then the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean those people aren't experts anymore. So be kind if I only get like 15 or 16 right. But I wanna I wanna run something past you guys and give you a little bit of information here. Uh, first of all, if you're listening, I know people are listening uh, across the globe and I appreciate that. Uh, we've, we've charted in uh, Romania, in Costa Rica, in uh, Croatia, in Hong Kong, in Poland, and other spots around the world. And that that's really cool, and I appreciate that. Here in the States, and I know there are some places abroad, um, there are some opportunities to actually bet on the Oscars. Now, there was a time where that would be considered just crazy. Come on, you know, at least two or three people know in advance who won, but of course they're not going to risk their entire careers on a $50 bet. Uh, but you can now bet on the Academy Awards uh, certain states, I know New Jersey, I believe Indiana, Michigan, you'll have to look it up wherever you're at. Certain sports books, uh, online apps will allow you to bet on the Oscars. There's usually a limit. They're not going to let you put a million dollars on a surefire favorite, but you can actually bet. And of course, you can also just bet with your friends and fill out the Oscar pools. But I want to I want to give you some numbers from last year. Now, these are numbers from the 2020 two oscars remember those seems like it was a year ago that's because it was 
So in each category, of course, you're going to have your favorites. Uh, you know, usually there's five nominees in some uh, categories. Of course, best picture, there are more than that. But last year, guys, in the top categories, the 23 major categories, the individual or picture or team effort that was favored, that was listed as most likely to win the Academy Award, 21 out of 23 favorites came through. Uh, the largest favorites to win uh, doing for best visual effects, it was uh, minus 3,500. Now, what that means is to win $100, you would have to risk $3,500. It's considered that big. It was considered that big of a favorite. And then Jane Campion for best director was also minus 3,500. Uh, the largest underdog to win last year was in the category of best animated short. The windshield wiper won, and it was a five to one underdog. Now, what that means, a five to one underdog plus 500 is if you bet 100 on best animated short and you pick the windshield wiper, you win 500 bucks. Pretty good deal. Now, I will say this in a lot of the betting sites, they will only allow you to bet on the major categories. It's, you know, they're not going to put themselves out there in some of the some of the minor categories, but just something to keep in mind. And I, you know, I think the reason for this is, especially in the last 10 years or so, you know, we've always had these other award ceremonies that kind of are precursors and indicators, uh, producers guild, uh, the director's guild, you know, the winner in the director's guild competition often wins for best director, golden globes often seen, uh, as an indicator in some cases, of course, they, they split categories to comedy and musical and drama. But what we have now, too, are these expert uh, sites, you know, Awards Daily and Gold Derby and even, you know, the writers for Entertainment Weekly and other sites who, who uh, track this all year round. And there's some great podcasts, I have to say, and blogs out there. I give them a lot of credit because I couldn't spend the whole year worrying about awards uh, categories, but they pretty much do. And and sometimes they also track, you know, Grammys and Tonys and other other categories, uh, other uh, genres. But by now in 2023, we have so many indicators and now you've got odds makers who, you know, tap into the expertise of veteran awards watchers. So the favorites are are much stronger, I feel, as strong as favorites. It's much more likely that the favorites are going to come through. But you still, when you're filling out your ballot, you got to pick a couple of underdogs. Uh, that's how you win. And this year, you know, and even in the big categories, there are some toss-ups. And certainly, I would say, if you get into uh, documentary short, animated short, live action short, you can take a chance because I, it, it's always really great work, but it's hard to really predict what's going to resonate more with the academy so here's what we're going to do let's work our way up to the biggest categories uh, i'll go pretty quickly through uh the first 10 categories or so give you my picks if you want to fill out your ballot uh go ahead pause go print out a ballot you know, there are tons of printable ballots out there or you can you can come back and mark along with me but here we go okay guys these are my predictions i have locked them in uh, both in print and on television and now on the on the podcast. So here we go. Live action short. I'm going with an Irish goodbye, partially because I am uh, I am of Irish descent. And uh, I know a lot of my fellow Irish uh, folks out there know, <laughs> like to use that term Irish goodbye, which means 
you uh, you leave the party without saying goodbye to people. You go out the back door. Uh, you, you, nowadays, you could text everybody. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed you. The quick Irish goodbye. You know, no big long goodbye. I'm not saying that's what the movie's about, but anyway, Irish goodbye for live action short, documentary short, the Elephant Whisperers. I feel very confident that the Elephant Whisperers is going to win for documentary short, animated short. Are you ready? The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Animated short is going to go to The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. All right. Now we're already moving up into categories, uh, different things that you might be aware of and things that you've seen. Documentary, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed is my prediction. I will say documentary. A couple of years there have been some odds-on favorites, but I will say in the category of documentary, it's really difficult to figure out what the Academy voters, what will really resonate with them. And in a lot of cases, uh, the voters get physical screeners or links, or there are lots of screenings in Los Angeles and New York and sometimes in some other spots for Academy members to see these. And they'll watch all the documentaries in a row and not necessarily have seen them as they came out. And you never know what might resonate with the voters. But I'm saying all the beauty and the bloodshed is going to win for documentary feature. International feature, I think this is one you could bank on for sure. It's also a contender in the best picture category, but it's for sure going to win for international feature. I'm talking about all quiet on the Western front. Uh, this is a, based, of course, on a novel from a long, long time ago, and other movie versions have been made. I was blown away by this film. It's definitely one of the best films in any genre uh, across the globe last year. All quiet on the uh, Western front. Original song is another one that's a tough one to pick sometimes. Sometimes Academy will go old school. Sometimes, you know, they went with the three, six mafia years ago. Uh, they've gone with, you know, the Eminem won more than 20 years ago at the time that was considered pretty revolutionary. I believe lift me up from black Panther. Wakanda forever is going to win original song, original score, all quiet on the Western front is my selection. Uh, visual effects. Again, this one seems like a slam dunk guys. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. Uh, the one thing about the you know the two Avatar films, sometimes people feel they're a little, little removed. You know, they're not as as emotionally resonant as other films. Although there's a lot of family drama and there can be tragedy, but it's really always about those incredible visuals. And James Cameron and his team really you know are on the cutting edge. And and every every time he does a film like this, I mean, with the first Avatar movie and then with The Way of Water. He was, in some cases, waiting for the technology to catch up with the visions he had. So visual effects, I think, goes to Avatar, The Way of Water. I think sound goes to All Quiet on the Western Front. You think about the use of sound in a war movie, especially one that's so immersive. It's it's really a huge part. Sound's always a huge, huge part of any film, but in particular, something like that. And then we talk about makeup and hairstyling, and I'm going to go with The Whale. Everybody knows the story of Brendan Fraser. Uh, there's a lot of prosthetics. There was, I believe, some CGI, but but it's incredible, the transformation. If you don't believe his character, if you don't believe Brendan Fraser as this guy, if you're looking at him and thinking, well, that's somebody in a prosthetic suit with some you know trickery involved, you're not going to get involved in the story. And for me, the, from the moment you see him after about, you know, yeah, at first you're kind of taken aback and you're like, wow, which you, which you should be, because that's exactly the same reaction people have who have not seen this character for a long time when they see him for the first time in years. Uh, but then you just get into the story and that's also because of the performance and the writing and everything else. But I think the whale wins for makeup and hairstyling. 
Let's go to editing, guys. I'm going to go with everything, everywhere, all at once. This batshit crazy film that has taken the world by storm. And, the, you know, it's got all kinds of elements going on. But it is a film that really is editing heavy in a good way. But the editing is incredible there. Costume design, I'm going with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And part of this for me is when we talk about costume design through the years, a lot of times costume design goes to period piece dramas, whether it's, you know, 14th century England or, you know, ancient Rome or whatever the case may be. And, and those those costumes are incredible and amazing. But, you know, the, the costume designers have something to work with there, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, from something from the 50s or 60s, like the, you know, the Elvis movie, we have tremendous archive of photos and uh, film and TV footage and designs and magazines and everything. And even going way back to ancient days, there are some blueprints for what the decor, what the uh, what the costumery was like. Uh, you know, now Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, a lot of the costumes are influenced by actual historical costumes, but it's still an original creation, the, the country itself. So I think that's even more impressive. Cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, production design, I believe, is going to go to uh, Babylon, which I thought was a train wreck of a movie, but there's no denying the old school practical effects, if you will, huge sets, production design, you know, from the very start, that crazy orgiastic uh, dance number party scene, the production design is incredible in Babylon. So that'll be the one win for uh, Babylon. And here's another one that I think uh, is, a, is, a, is a real lock, guys. And this is in the category of animated feature. And there are a lot of years where a Pixar film is, is the surefire pick. Uh, this year, it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is a, a triumph, an absolute masterwork of art. He's just a puppet. No, I'm not. I'm a real boy. <laughs> People are sometimes afraid of things they don't know. I don't understand. Ah, we have found him, our star. Everyone shall love you and call your name Pinocchio. Pinocchio! <laughs> I have something I'd like to give you. It is a school book which belonged to a very special boy. The boy you lost? You tell him I love him. And I won't be a burden anymore. And it, I think it's a guaranteed win for animated feature. Okay, now we're going to get to the big ones. But first, let's take a quick break and get this word about Portillo's. Portillo's are known for their famous Chicago hot dogs with all the freshest and tastiest ingredients right down to the poppy seed bun and, of course, their legendary chocolate cake. But that's just the beginning, my friends. The menu has mouth-watering varieties of favorites from a charbroiled burger to an Italian beef to a mm -hmm. cheese fry to a chopped salad and the chocolate cake. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. If you are a fan of this podcast or heard any other episode of this, you know how I feel about the chocolate cake. It's the greatest chocolate cake in the history of chocolate or cake. Portillo's also has locations throughout the Midwest and in Florida, California, and Arizona. Order curbside pickup or delivery today. Ship Portillo's anywhere in the United States of America by ordering at portillos.com. That's P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. 
Oh, now, please tell us more about the statement you're thinking about. Men and women would make all decisions for the colony collectively. Women would be allowed to think. Girls will be taught to read and to write. The schoolhouse must display a map of the world so that we can begin to understand our place in it. A new religion taken from the old, but focused on love, would be created by the women of the colony. Our children would be safe. All right, there's a snippet there from women talking, uh, a very intense and moving and powerful drama. Uh, Sarah Polly, who's a terrific filmmaker, also a wonderful actress and writer. I believe she's going to win in the adapted screenplay category for women talking. This is a film that it's it's nominated for Best Picture. And it, it is, I thought, one of the best movies of the year. Uh, this is one of those cases where the screenplay award often... I don't know if the voters think about this when they're doing it. I do sometimes believe they do. They, they kind of calibrate their votes to reflect what they're going to do overall. And the adapted screenplay Oscar for Sarah Polly will be a way of honoring the film, the cast, the direction, all of it. So I think Sarah Polly wins for adapted screenplay. In that same vein, I think Martin McDonough is going to win for the Banshees of Inna Sharon for original screenplay. And he's an Academy favorite. It is nominated for Best Picture. It has a chance. Also, uh, you know, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson. But I I believe that this is how they're going to honor uh, the film by giving original screenplay to Martin McDonough. Uh, for director, this one is a real toss-up. Don't discount Steven Spielberg and the Fablemans. You know, we've talked a lot on the podcast about uh, the Academy's admirable changes in their voting membership over the last few years. A uh, lot more inclusion, many more international voters, more women, uh, more diversity, which is all great. But, guys, to this day, uh, the numbers are still it's still overwhelmingly white and male and older, because once you're in the academy, they don't kick you out. You're in for life. And this is not my way of of, of in any way, shape or form saying Steven Spielberg doesn't deserve uh, the Academy Award for the Fablemans. I'm just saying that if you're looking for. You know, it's strange to say an upset for one of the greatest filmmakers of all time, but I could see him winning. I could see this being one of the years, one of the relatively rare years where Best Picture and Best Director are split. So possibility for Steven Spielberg. But my prediction is the Daniels, Kwan and Scheinert for everything, everywhere, all at once. Also for Kiwi Kwan, a supporting actor for everything, everywhere, all at once. That seems to be a done deal. And that's awesome. I think well-deserved, and it's a great story. We've talked about how Hollywood loves these stories about actors who kind of disappear from the scene and then have a triumph and come back. And he's been just so delightful on the awards circuit. It's a feel-good moment. Now, we get into supporting actress, and it appeared a couple of weeks ago as if Angela Bassett was going to win for sure for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. She was nominated for Best Lead Actress 30 years ago for What's Love Got to Do With It. Does not have an Academy Award. Uh, it's the first performance from a Marvel uh, Universe movie to be nominated. She's wonderful in it. She's a, you know, kind of Hollywood uh, royalty, playing royalty. Uh, but now we're seeing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis pick up some big prizes like the SAG Award. And, um, you know, here's another case. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, actually comes from Hollywood royalty. You know, her parents are famous actors, uh, and she's been in the business going all the way back to playing one of the original, they call it the term, final girl in the first Halloween movie. I just saw uh, uh, Trading Places was on the other day, which is, you know, she's wonderful. And that's still, uh, it's really funny. Some of the comedy, a mm, little cringe inducing now, but it's a great film. 
Uh, and Jimmy Lee Curtis has been one of the most beloved and respected actors in Hollywood for four plus decades. She's just a delight. She's terrific and everything everywhere all at once. So it, it really wouldn't be an upset at this point. I did go with Angela Bassett in my ballot that I filled out a few weeks ago. I'm sticking with it, guys. But again, some of these categories, you got to stray from your friend Richie and, and make your own pick. And I think what's interesting this year for supporting actress and actor and actress now, there's a real toss up, I think. So we now move, we segue to actor, best actor. And I think it's really between uh, Austin Butler for Elvis and Brendan Fraser for The Whale. As much as I loved uh, Austin Butler's performance and as much as Hollywood loves portrayals of legends, uh, you know, musical legends, you look at uh, Reese Witherspoon, June Carter Cash in Walk the Line. Jamie Foxx for Ray, uh, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, you know, Renee Zellweger, Judy, you know, there, there are a lot of in the 21st century best actor or actress trophies that have gone to actors playing famous entertainers. But I'm still going with Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, I think, again, we're talking about a feel good story. We're talking about somebody who's been around for a long time, but kind of was off the radar. There's also a thing that happens, guys, sometimes where the voters think to themselves, you know, Austin Butler, uh, young guy, incredible talent. He's probably going to get two or three other stabs, uh, nominations, if you will. Who knows with Brendan Fraser? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But I think sometimes people feel like this is his one shot, you know. And again, that's a standing ovation moment. I'm going with Brendan Fraser. And that brings us to Best Actress. Kate Blanchett seemed to be a shoe-in for Tar. It's one of those films that's made for Academy Awards. Even though she's not playing a real-life figure, it's about the world of entertainment and art. And she's playing this you know, incredibly gifted, deeply conflicted, sometimes cruel, controversial figure. She's amazing. It's funny. It's dark. It's moving. It's, it's uh, incredible. It's a tour de force by one of our best actors in the world. But Kate Blanchett has won before and will get nominated probably five more times in her career. And then you've got Michelle Yao uh, for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, who, again, has been picking up some substantial awards and has been around for a long time. And this is maybe her one shot. So I would not be surprised. I'm still I'm I'm sticking here. I know I'm hedging. I'm hedging and sticking, sticking and hedging, which is what uh, the cornerbacks are taught to do in the NFL. You got to stick and hedge, hedge and stick. I'm I'm sticking with my original prediction of Kate Blanchett, but again, it, it it's pretty rare that in the four acting categories, supporting actor is the only one that seems to be locked up for sure, and the other three main acting categories are two person races, which is kind of fun. Just makes for a little more tension and excitement. And guys, that brings us to Best Picture. Ten nominees. There's still some buzz out there about something like Top Gun, Maverick, or The Fablemans pulling off the upset. I I think you don't want to overthink this. We've seen everything, everywhere, all at once, winning award after award, accolade after accolade. It's completely out of left field. It's the kind of film you rarely see the Academy honor, but it is a commercial hit. It's like, you know, in terms of how much it was made for and what it has grossed over $100 million, it's very profitable. And it is, it's a blazingly original piece of work. And there seems to be all the momentum there for everything, everywhere, all at once. another version of from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. 
Very busy today. Uh, whole time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses, and you may be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. Those are my predictions. I would say don't hold me to them, but of course you got to hold me to them because I just made them. Uh, good luck on your Oscar ballots. As always, we appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm Richard Roper. We'll talk again soon.